Welcome to the More Than a Mama podcast. Let's make some waves today. Hi, y'all. My name is Taylor. I'm a mama, wife, ocean enthusiast, and third grade teacher turned five-figure business owner. On this show, you can expect a strong mixture of sass, vulnerable conversations, and content that will empower you to find your strength and authority within yourself. Together, we will make an impact and rise above the ceiling society places on us. So take a seat and join me. You and your voice are welcome here. All right, y'all. Welcome back. I am so excited for our guest expert today. Um, This is somebody I have looked up to since I met you in June. I think we met in June of this year. Yeah. Um, I have, just so y'all know, I just invested in her. She's going to be my new business coach for the rest of 2021. I'm so pumped. Tamasha, I'm so excited. (laughs) I am so excited. I'm so ready to like, can't wait. I know if you would have told me in June, when I first saw you like speak that you were going to be on my podcast, I wouldn't have believed you. (laughs) (laughs) We're here. I know. I'm so pumped. So Tamasha, I obviously know a lot about you, but introduce yourself, let everybody know what you do and let's get the ball going. Go ahead. Hey, what's up y'all. So my name is Tamasha. Suber, also known as the Master of Systems and All Things Leadership. Um, And so I am a mentor and consultant for women-led, service-based businesses. Um, And my goal, ultimate goal in life, is to help women to navigate leadership, business, and womanhood simultaneously without the major sacrifice. So aka helping you to not just build a business, but also build a life that corresponds with all of your major dreams and wants. Yes, I love it. And we have so much, y'all. This episode is going to be so good. Tamasha has, you just have a very unique approach to not just building a business, but being like a CEO, being a leader. It's not something that's talked Mm -hmm. a lot about in this space. So this is going to be like a super juicy episode, but I want to first hear like how, I don't even think I've heard the full story, Tamasha. Like how did you get to where you're at in your business? Oh man, let me tell you. Like, you, want, you, want the, you want all the tea? Or yeah. Like a half a no, I want like uh, the full thing. I'm like very interested because you have like in it. I know you just hit 100k cash, which is like mm-hmm. a whole new ball game than just hitting a six figure business, y'all. Like 100k cash, that's insane. You have yeah. a book that's coming out soon that we'll talk about later. But like, what led to all of this? Man, okay, so. You know, when I was younger, people like, you know how some people dream about being an entrepreneur, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be this business person. Um, and so when I was young, I always knew that I was going to do something different, right? And I, I didn't really know what it was going to be. So like, I can't tell you to like, oh, I always knew I was going to be like this entrepreneur, but I knew that I was going to be a boss. I knew that I was going to be a leader. I saw myself leading groups of people and having influence. And so it all really started when I was younger, because I had this idea that like, I, cause I, so I was like, I grew up like in a very country, like hood area. So mm-hmm. from the hood, not from like this, like, you know, family, you know, we had things, not a whole lot, but like, I felt like I had a lot as a child. And so I used to tell my brother when I was younger, like, you know, when I get older, I'm going to go to college and I'm 
how to corporately hustle so then I can come back and like hustle my own way. Right. And it all really started there. Like I've always had this desire to learn more and like how to lead and just business, mm-hmm. not even thinking about being an entrepreneur, but like, I love the idea of like, how can business be better? How can we do, how can we do this better and like make money? Right. Um, and so getting to entrepreneurship all started in 2018 when I was laid off from my corporate job suddenly. Um, and I say this so many times, and I think that, you know, sometimes people take it for granted. It doesn't matter how much money you have saved. It doesn't matter, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter what happens and how it happens. You'll never prepare for someone to tell you that they don't need you anymore. Yeah. And that was a feeling that I just cannot even begin to describe. And so when you, people ask me, how did I get here? I got here because I, I made a decision that day that I never wanted to feel unnecessary mm-hmm. ever in my life. I never wanted to feel like I had no purpose. And in that moment, when they told me I didn't have a job, I was like, well, what do I do from here? Been to college, got the degrees, yeah. like worked my butt off late nights, you know, managing teams, million dollar budgets. And mm-hmm. here I am with like nothing. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I went home that day. I went home that day. I didn't cry y'all for like four days. Legit. Um, I went home that day and I sat at my little desk in front of my HP desktop that I still have now. Um, (laughs) and I wrote out a plan. I was like, I'm going to actually take this side hustle that I've been doing because I've kind of been doing what I do now for a while. I'm going to turn this into like a full-fledged business. I'm going to figure out how I can turn this into something that can support my family. And it all started there. I invested in a mentor like two weeks later and here I am. (laughs) Yeah. That's insane. I love, I love that you didn't do like, like you were upset about it, but you did something about it. I see so many people like approach setbacks as like the ending point. And I love that you just saw it as like, I'm just going to shift gears. Did what you do in that job that you got laid off at, like heavily affect what you do now? Like, were they kind of similar? Yeah. So a lot of what, a lot of what I've done. So I use, a, I use skills from every job that I've had. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of what I did in that job, um, taking that job is very strategic. Um, I'm able to apply in my business and I'm able to help my clients to be able to see business in a different way. Um, but I, the bulk of what I use when it comes to mentorship and helping to build a business, I use a lot of what was wrong that I saw. Yeah. I am the type of person where I I like to describe it when it comes to like houses and real estate. You know how when you get ready to go and buy a house and you know everything that you want in the house, right? Mm -hmm. You're like, okay, I want I want granite countertops or like I want to have these nice wooden floors and Mm -hmm. this paint. I'm the girl, I'm the woman who knows everything that she doesn't want. Because to me, what's more detrimental is for me to get something and I buy a house and it have stuff in it that I don't want that I can't change. So I approach business from the standpoint of, and and what I take from like my corporate career is I think of it as a house. You can have like all the nice things in the house and it can be super beautiful, but if it's not in the neighborhood that you want, then who cares? And so I see business as that way. And I, and I coach in that way. You, we can have this glorious business, but if it's not in the neighborhood that you want, you can't just up and move a house. You got to move yourself. So 
that's how I like really coach. I pull everything from like corporate and then also too from my own experiences as a leader and as a follower, right? Like working mm-hmm. with people. So yeah, I pull a lot of stuff from my jobs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's just dive into this because I'm so freaking excited. Okay. So y'all, I'm not kidding. Like Tamasha, you are one of the people, the minute I met you, I followed you. I binged, like, I'm not kidding. Like every single thing that you had, I read all your posts. (laughs) I went through your highlights because it was so different that I'm not, can I follow so many people, anything else I've seen online? Most Mm -hmm. of the people that I see, you know, focus about like scaling their version of scaling. We'll get into what yours is because I love your view on scaling. (laughs) Uh, They talk about scaling. They talk about making money, hitting 10K months, having six figures. And you are like on a whole other level of content than anybody else that I see online. So something that I love is how you approach leadership. I think you're one of the few people I follow that talk about leadership and how that relates to like being an actual CEO. Mm -hmm. So I just want to hear your, I want to hear your take on this. Like, I don't even know what specific question to ask you. Mm -hmm. I would just love to hear you speak on like leadership or like lack of leadership or what you see in the online space. Like just. I know that's like the worst podcast question ever, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I just love your take on it. I love that you speak like what, I guess a great question first, like, why do you speak on that? Like, what do you see a lot in the online space that makes you be like, I need to talk about this? Mm, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So in the online space, I think one of the biggest things that I see, especially in relation to women, right? Cause I mm-hmm. primarily focus on women. Um, is that most people are trying to lead others when they can barely lead themselves. And the interesting thing about that is it's it's like, and I was talking about it on one of my live streams recently, it's one of those things where most people really don't have no clue as to where they're going. They just know what they think they want, right? So yeah. it's almost like planning this vacation and you're saying like, oh my gosh, we're going to go on vacation and I'm just going to have a good time. But mm-hmm. where are you going? Are you are you trying to go on vacation? And you know, do you want to go to in, in the winter? Are you trying to go to a place that's like summer all year? Are you trying mm-hmm. to go to a beach? Are you trying to go to a cabin? What does what, does what you're chasing look like? And most people have literally skipped the idea of working on how to lead themselves. Yeah. And they really aren't true visionaries. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that I know that I I don't like to use the term, you know, like uh, all the time, cookie cutter or copycat. I do use them, but not all the time, but that's what we see a lot of. No one really has allowed themselves to develop a clear vision of what they see for themselves. They're just, chasing the money, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And the interesting thing about that is that when I look around in the online space, we can even talk about in the past 12 months, and and I'm not the only person with eyes. So clearly everyone can see. um, A lot of the people last year that were talking about these, you know, all these multiple six and seven figures that they made, all of a sudden this year, they're quiet. And for me, it's not about how much money I make. It's about how I manage the money that I make. It's about what it took to get the money that I make. And I also want to be able to repeat what I've done. And most people, they're leading in such a way that they have no clue or even they wouldn't even have the bandwidth to repeat what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love I was on your live the other day and you were talking about scaling 
And my version of scaling until I heard your live was scaling, you know, it's just like basically making more money, like building out that product suite, making more money. Mm -hmm. Can you give us your perspective on what scaling should look like? Yeah. So for me, scaling is all about how can we take what we currently have in the business and generate more revenue without having to input more time. Mm -hmm. And the standard way that people look at it is we're just bringing in more money. But just bringing in more money isn't scaling, yeah. right? Because <laughs> you can you can scale your revenue and scale the amount of time you put in at the same time, right? So mm-hmm. your person who says, well, like, you know, I'm at $100,000 and I'm trying to figure out how to get to $500,000. I'm going to scale to $500,000. Yes, there's going to be some sweat equity required in the beginning. But if you're having to constantly do that every single time, like a lot of these insane launching wheels that people are on, yeah. you're not scaling. You're yeah. working. You, you, um, people have confused the word scaling. Have, they, have, they have disguised hustle with scaling. Yeah. That's really what it has become. Because even, even some of the bigger people that we like look, in, look into into the space, and like, I love that they make all the money that they make if that's what they need. But you can even tell that they're tired. They're doing the same thing all the time and the same amount of hours put in. And they've built this incredibly big team, but they're putting in more hours than when they were just by themselves. That's not scaling. Yeah, it's so true. It's so, oh my God, it's so true. Because I'm at a point, (laughs) and you know this, this is why I'm investing in you because I'm at a point in my business, like the only way to scale currently is basically to take up more time. But that's when I also like that you bring in the leadership aspect. Since I have a team, how can I be a leader to my team to make sure we're using our time effectively, seeing if time can go somewhere else? Like, oh my God, I'm so so excited, Tamasha. I'm fangirling (laughs) over this. You're going to be my coach because I'm so excited for this. Um, I'd love to know, regarding like leadership, what does that look like to you? Like when you're talking about like leadership and being a leader, how, how do you define that? Like, what does that look like? Mm, Yeah, that's a good question. Um, So for me, when I think about um, leadership, so I think people need to understand that like leadership does not just happen when you have a title. I think leadership is a muscle that is continuously built and too many people aren't like picking up the weight for it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel like we lead people and we manage things and we manage situations and people have it flipped. Yeah. They try to manage people from a leadership standpoint. Right. But when you're leading people, leadership is about influence. Mm -hmm. It is about being able to harness an effort or a situation or a specific impact that you want and be able to influence people or even your team in such a way that you get that expected result. So for me, when I think about leading my team, my team doesn't work for me. I work for them. I work Mm -hmm. for them that they can give me the result that I want. Right. So like, what is it they need from me in order to make a thing happen? Um, And really leadership is about influencing people to best serve and to be able to get them to the result that you want. So I think that it's less about power mm-hmm. and more about influence. Damn. I'm just like absorbing this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was deep. 
Mm-hmm. That's insane. So like, you know, if we have people listening that have like an OBM team or have VAs, leadership is going to be deeper than mm-hmm. understanding the tasks that they need to do. It's mm-hmm. like influencing them in a way. My mind is blown. So yeah. what is like, if it's not just being like, I know what needs to happen in my business. Like what's that level deeper that you're talking about? Yeah. So like a lot of people, oh man, this is such a good, good example. When you talk about like OBMs and VAs or, you know, in the online space, mm-hmm. but when you're leading a team, I think a lot of us, um, and I can say us because like, I'm still growing. I don't think that like, I don't think a leader ever stops growing. If you're a, good yeah. a lot of us, when we hire people, we immediately, naturally in the brain, we think about all the tasks that they could do. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you compare someone who is just, who just hires people to do tasks or a leader who is thinking forward, I'm looking for in my team ways that I can develop them as leaders. So do you want task masters or do you want many leaders on your team? Yeah. I want people on my team who can't, I don't just want someone who goes through a to-do list and who can just run through the Asana tasks. I want someone who has initiative. I want someone to buy into the culture in which I'm setting. I want someone who wants to lead themselves in a position. And at some point, they are also going to have to lead me. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the backwards ways that people build teams. You don't just want to position people to get into Um, a state of only being task managers. Mm -hmm. There will be times when you will hire someone and they're really great at something and you just need them to do that thing, nothing more, nothing less. But for the most part, in the beginning phases, because we're all solopreneurs, Mm -hmm. we need people to come onto our team that have a a, a type of leadership about themselves. Yeah. Because if you're the only person, right, because we we make it difficult for ourselves when we're the only person who has leadership mm-hmm. capability. Yeah. Team members should also have leadership capabilities and we should be building and grooming them in, in such a way. So, yeah, that's one of the biggest things. One of the bigger mistakes I think people are making is they just want they just want taskmasters. Yeah. And you'll find yourself quite stuck when you try to scale, if that's the only thing that you hire. That's very true. Mm -hmm. Man, that's so cool. That's just such a deeper level. So let me, let me ask you a question. So, you know, like my business is coaching and then also a done for you side, right? So even if I'm like a done for you provider doing something for my clients, is does the same thing still apply? Like, is that leadership supposed to be like reciprocated? Does that make sense? Like, Give me an example. So like, you know, if people, if people are looking to hire me, is that something that they should also be looking for? Not somebody who can just like make stuff for you, Mm -hmm. but somebody who can like encourage you to be better, step into leadership, like vice versa. Does that make sense? Like if you're talking about it from a done for you, because I have a few done for you providers that listen in too. I think it's easy as a coach to be like, I am the leadership role. I can embody that. I can step into that. I can push people. But when you're doing stuff for other people, I think that's a different mindset. Oh, yeah. Of what leadership looks like. Let's dig into that. Let's love, do it. I, I love it. So, um, you know, I used to do done for you as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was like a huge part of my business for a while. It was a very strategic move. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but done for you and people, so service providers in general, I think that too many people just, they see the title coach and they, they have this automatic thought that they are somehow beneath the coach, but we're going to yes. flip it. I'm going to tell you what the real truth is. The real truth is that as a done for you service provider, you're at a higher level than a coach. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Um, because you have a specific skill set. Done for you people are typically very narrowed in and you can do that with your eyes closed. And that is your expertise. This is what you do. And so when people would come to work, work with me, coaches or other service providers would come to work with me. I am leading them through this situation. I am going to take the standpoint of I am leading you to the best solution. You came to me for answers, not the other way around. So yes, I when I'm looking to hire someone to do something for me or to come onto my team, I am expecting you to be able to lead me. Mm-hmm. When you are done done for you provider, you are leading your client to an expected result. We don't you don't have to have this crazy title. You don't you don't need to be validated as someone blah 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 blah, blah all that. <laughs> you are leading them. Yeah. Let's just skip the chase. And so this leads to like another part that I definitely want to touch on because I know that you have a very big done for you following is y'all got to stop letting these coaches play y'all with these prices. Yeah. And stop playing yourself. Yep. Stop playing yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you are specialists. And that's another reason why you guys should be we should be getting paid more than coaches get paid. It's the same as if you go to see a primary care doctor. That's just a general doctor. Done for you. We are specialists. And a specialist gets paid way more than a primary care doctor. Why is that? Because he's specialized. We have focused into this area. We have invested into this area and into the skill set. And so we are leaders in that area. And a, a, a primary care provider couldn't come into, into your doctor's appointment and tell a specialist mm-hmm. what to do. They, they're nervous. They're like, listen, this is outside of my wheelhouse. So I'm going to send you over here to Taylor so that you can work on this. I'm going to send you to Tamasha so that you can work on this. And whoever it is, you are the expert and you are the leader in that capacity. Dang, that's such a good mindset shift. I get DMs all the time because when I first started my done for you, I was like, I'm charging just about the same amount I would as a coach. Like I wasn't one of those people that was like, I'm going to pay, pay me like $12 an hour to do. I was like, no, this is still a high ticket. And I've had a lot of people in my DMS, you know, talk to me about like, they are just so scared to raise their prices. Where do you think Mm. I just, it's, and it's very weird for me as a coach and done for you. And I'm sure you've seen that. I don't know if I actually don't know if you've seen this. I've seen it where like people don't really question my prices as a coach, but they will like fight me to the end over my done for you prices. And it's very weird. And I see that happen to a lot of people. Like, why do you think there's such a weird perspective towards done for you services? Well, I'll tell you the first concern that I see a lot of is that you see a lot of done for you people working with coaches who's never done done for you. And Mm -hmm. I think that's a huge, huge disadvantage for anyone who is a done for you service provider just working with a regular business coach. Because that business coach could never understand the amount of energy that goes into doing a done-for-you service. They could never get it if they've never done it, right? Yeah. But then also flipping the coin on that, when they help those, you ever notice that when you normally, most of the time, 
when you work with a coach and they'll be like, oh yeah, you know, and they give you, they'll give you advice on pricing based on them as a coach, but they're actually your client, right? So they're yeah. thinking what they would pay and not based upon the work, right? Yes. Because they couldn't understand, they can't relate. All they do is get on the phone and give advice or give strategic you know, next steps or implementation plan, not to dismay it because I'm a mentor too. Yeah. Um, but it's just what in the world would make you think that a person that gets on the phone and listens to concerns and, and talks through what needs to be done and gives strategy on what needs to be done should get paid more than a person who's actually doing it. I don't, <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, right. the amount of time I spend in my done for you versus my coaching, it's like night and day, but I, we literally do it for you. Like the name rings true. Like I'm doing it yeah. for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's insane. It's just been insane to me. And it's a very different mindset being a done for you provider over a coach. Mm-hmm. I feel like coaching is, is fairly easy mindset wise to like embody that, like, you know, leadership, like this is my expertise type thing and done for you. I just see so many people be like, they're kind of on the side and I'm like, your business doesn't, their business doesn't run without you. You Yeah. Like my OBM team praise them because like there are things running as we're on this podcast without me being there. And that's priceless, but it's just so crazy to me that it's really just that dynamic between coaching and done for you. Yeah, I think that it's it's just going to take, you know, when I came into the done for you scene, I came out charging at the gate twenty five hundred. Mm-hmm. I and, and and I don't know, and you know, because I, I think about it like this too. Most of the people that came to me for done for you have been trying to do what I was doing for them in six hours. It was taking them a minimum of six months. They had been trying. Yeah, if I could do for you in six hours, what would typically take you a minimum of six months? You're going to pay for that. Yeah. Right. Like mm-hmm. you, you're, you're going to pay for that. Yeah. I don't know what I mean. And so I think that um, we have to stop looking at the person down the street. There's also a mindset of, you know, people kind of think about what they would have getting, what they would have been getting paid on a job. Like, you know, I want to, I want to meet my corporate salary. Your corporate salary has nothing to do with your business. Mm-hmm. Right. We, we And that's something I think a lot of people that come into the done for you scene, they are coming into it from having worked under other people or having been worked by the hour. Yeah. But here's the thing. Businesses pay you based upon a budget. They don't pay you what you're worth. They don't pay you based on a value or none of that. It's based on budget. Yeah. You're talking to someone who like used to actually create the budgets for mm-hmm. millions. <laughs> so the pay is based upon a budget. Well, what is our operational budget? It has nothing to do with like what you really should be getting paid. It has nothing to do like you need to be charging based upon your expenses, based upon the number of hours that you have to pay, that you put in, based upon the number of clients that you risk not being able to serve when you do a service. There's mm-hmm. so much more to it than just, well, people don't want to pay. Trust me. I was probably, and I know that I still am one of the highest charging people that was doing Dubsado setups. I see people charging a thousand, fifteen hundred to set up a platform, and I'm just like, "What are you doing? Are you insane?" Right? Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? So, whole nother conversation. But it's done for you. A lot of it is just 
just pull the trigger. People will pay what you ask them to pay if you are delivering. Yeah. Is that where kind of the whole systems come? Because I mean, I know like that's pretty impressive. You were able to get done in six hours what some people were doing in six months. And I'm assuming like the systems, like your systems knowledge that you have came into that too, right? Like you had like really great systems in place for that to happen. And that's one thing I do see a lot of done for you. Even some of my current clients that we're working on, I'm like, you know, how quickly you can do it, what the process looks like matters. The -hmm. whole process matters. And that's something else I love. I love everything you talk about. What am I saying? But another thing that I love that you speak on is like, the whole experience matters, like the entire thing matters. And that goes Mm -hmm. into play with your pricing too, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, I didn't show up like everyone else. Yeah. And, and, and that's something that I think whether you're a coach or done for you provider that we all need to be paying attention to. Mm -hmm. Uh, So many of us focus on like the website and the, you know, the brand colors and things like that. But I really honed in on what it took me to deliver a service. Yeah. What does it take for me to get the job done? What do I need from the client to get the job done? Um, and I wanted consistency there. But mm-hmm. I also made it really easy for people to work with me. And I think, I mean, there's just, there's so many tools out here and people want to do this and they want to do that. And we, I got, I got this platform and that platform and I'm sending, I'm sending something from over here and something, you got four or five different steps for someone to just say, Hey, now what do I do next? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Make make doing business with you easy. Yeah. Right. But also to show up like you care about your own business. I see so many people saying that, like, you know, I'm running a six-figure business. I'm building this and I'm building that. You haven't even taken the time to get a professional email. Do you mm-hmm. think for a second that I'm going to give you thousands of my dollars sending it to some regular raggedy Yahoo or Gmail? <laughs> or like my stuff could potentially, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, but yeah. like you might have signed on to grandma's computer last week and left it sitting there and like it's not going to just automatically sign out. Um or maybe, you know, you gave your best friend access to that email for them to send an email out. Like, you know, it's it's all about we have to be leading ourselves in such a way. We have to lead ourselves in the way in which we expect people to treat us. Yeah. And if you half-ass for yourself, then you're only going to get half-ass payments. <laughs> half-ass That's respect. That's so true, though. <laughs> You know what I mean? Have audience for acknowledgement. And and, and, and so here's here's one thing that I say a lot. If we we have to be willing to do 100% of the work and show up 100% if we expect to get paid 100% of our invoices. Yep. That's just that's just what it is. Yep. And so some people are only showing up at 60% and they wonder why, like, oh, I'm, I feel stuck. I need to go be in another group program. No, you need to do the work. Yeah. 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 And the work doesn't always look like building out another program before you're ready. The work doesn't look like pushing. <laughs> Y'all can't see, but Tamasha's rolling her eyes. <laughs> and it does. I know we have very mutual feelings about this because this is something I speak on a lot too. You know, it just doesn't always look like doing more, like building more things, getting more clients. I see that so much in the online space. 
where coaches, like their clients are struggling already with what they have. And they're like, now let's scale. And then scaling looks like doing more. And then you hit a point in your business where you just hate it. And Mm -hmm. it's all messed up, you know, it's just so crazy. Yeah, no, I think it's, um, it's very common too. I think that people, you know, when they think about like, well, you know, I need to do more. Um, And I would say it's really more about you should perfect more, right? You should really like, I wonder like, how often do you actually go back and perfect the thing? You know, and don't get me wrong. Sometimes we're in a pivot and sometimes things need to change because they don't work. Or sometimes you're not happy delivering a service. And by all means, if you need to like move it around or create something new because you just want to scratch scratch everything off, then do that. But I think too many people, when they think about scale, they automatically think about creation. How many hours go into just creating something new and then trying to sell that something new? And then, <laughs> you know, promoting that something new and then, you know, designing for that something new and setting up that something new. When you could really sit down and, and look at what has been your best selling offer? Like, what is it that people know you for? And even if you scratched that, if you just had to change it, you can still tweak it. But like, what, are, what do people really want to come to you for? What have you made the most money off of? Let's perfect that. Let's make you known for that. And it in business becomes easier that way. Yeah. I love having product suites, but I think that the idea that we got to have six different things for people to come through all these different funnels to be able to make money is absolutely ludicrous to me. Yeah. I was literally just about to ask you about this because I... I think it's so interesting to hear you talk about product suites because I just think it's so funny because it's, again, it's a very different approach. I personally, I personally don't think there's anything wrong with doing it, but I also see how hard people work Mm -hmm. having seven different offers. I would love to know. I'd love to know like your opinion. Like, do you think that having low ticket, like you have to have low ticket stuff? Like, do you have to have like those 97, 197 offers? Like, do you think that's always necessary? Okay. So let me start with the facts. I've made a hundred thousand dollars cash and we're just in the process of creating my first ever freebie. We are just in the process of creating my first ever course. And I made over $60,000 with one offer this year. And the only change between that offer and the new thing that I came up with is that people told me that they'd rather work with me for an extended amount of time instead of doing a VIP day. So I've made $100,000 essentially off of maybe three offers. My mastermind is included in that. And I don't even know if I'm going to keep doing that next year. And I'm fine with saying that publicly. Um, So... The fact is, is that yes, it can be done. I'm living proof of that. I got like under 3,000 people, under 2,500 people following me, Mm -hmm. right? Just hit 2,000, I think, earlier this month. So it has nothing to do with audience size. (laughs) I don't run ads, it's all organic. Okay. So yeah, it can be done. I think it's for me, it's like I don't I don't just want to serve. And maybe that's the difference. I don't just want to sell. 
I want to best serve, right? I don't just want a high ticket program. I want the perfect ticket program. I want the perfect ticket service. And so while I might not be able to do it for $1,500 like Sally, and I'll do it for $3,000 like me, where I know for a fact that you're going to get the results, where I know for a fact that my system is proven, and I know that I have perfected this and put in all of my time, and I'm going to focus on selling that, the perfect ticket. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't necessarily want to have seven different things that I got to promote. Now, if you got funnels running in the background, you know, on automation and people are just running on in, that's great. But I'm not selling nothing for $97 if I know for a fact that, you know, I got bills to pay. I don't know about the rest of these people out here trying to sell these $27 products and they breaking their back coming out the gate. But, you know, I got a light bill, a husband, mortgage, I mean, car insurance, car payment. I don't know what you got. <laughs> Time to build seven different things and hope that three of them work. Yeah, it's a hot mess. And I work with a lot of moms who feel the need to like just continually build, like continually. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, why? Why are you making a course? Why? Like, can you even answer why? Why do you feel the need to make that? Mm -hmm. Um, Why do you feel the need to launch? Like, I know in May, I launched three different offers in 30 days and they did well. Like they all sold out, but ask mm. me how tiring that was to watch. Yeah, it, I'm like out of breath. it was hard. It was, and it's, it's just so, I just love that you have that approach of like, let's perfect, let's perfect our offers instead of pushing out offers that like, aren't a hundred percent. That's where I come. I'm like, I hate seeing like beta programs. Beta programs kill me. I hate the word beta. I'm like, Mm. why do you need a beta program? Why can't you just make it really good the first time you launch it? You know, you can always improve it over time, but like, don't tell people are doing a beta price. It just kills me. It kills me so much. Um, I think beta, beta is, (laughs) I think people use the term beta as a mindset trick on themselves. It gives them it gives them the excuse to be cheap, mm-hmm. or trick or or try to trick people. It's like, oh, you know, join the beta round. It's only this, and next and next time it's going to be a thousand dollars more. Here's the thing: if the only way you can sell someone by is by saying beta, maybe it just wasn't good to begin with. And most of those people who do have all these crazy beta rounds, it's because they, you know what, you know what scares me about beta is that I feel like when people sell something as beta. They have not fully considered what the impact is going to be. I'm not saying that the program has to be fully outlined, but your impact should be outlined. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're like, let's see where we go with this. No, no, you're not going to see where you go with my coins. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I would never, I've never bought into a beta. I've never, I'm like, I don't want to be a guinea pig. I don't feel no. like we should treat people like guinea pigs. Like they're still spending money time, energy. Oh, I have strong feelings about beta. I don't need to get into them. Um, I want to move the, I want to move the conversation over real quick. So you wrote a book and you announced this. It was a a few weeks ago and your caption killed me. It was like, well, y'all were over here writing captions. I've been writing a book. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I said, I said, instead of writing a hundred captions, I just wrote a book. 
<laughs> oh, it made me so happy. So what's your book? Like, tell me about this. How long have you been working on that? If you're allowed to say, um, and like, tell me what it's about. I actually wrote the book in December. Um, Last December? Yeah, I wrote it in December. Okay. Yeah. Which actually, my mentor that I that I like do accountability with, um, she actually is a writing coach. And so um, I had been, I had, <laughs> I had been kind of wavering on the idea. And then I was like, all right, I'm ready. Because I felt like for me, and, and, and it's a little bit different, but I really want to, outside of just like social media, I'll never own Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Pinterest. And so we create so much content and we put in so much energy into creating all these posts. Um, but what happens if it shuts down? Like all of that legacy just disappears. And so I always have a book. I own the rights to my book. I own the rights to my thoughts and I can reach more people um, by putting my thoughts and my perspectives into a book. Um, you know, and so that was like really the the call behind it was like, and it really represents me. You know, I don't like yeah. spending a whole lot of time on social to begin with. And so I was like, you know, I would love to reach just like more people and to show them a different way. And so, um, yeah, that was, that's, so the book is called The Six Figure Solopreneur. Um, and in this book, it really is a conversation between me and the reader. So me and you. And we're talking about um, what does it look like to not just what do you want and those things, but like, what does it look like to on this journey to six figures as a solopreneur? Because it's very different. Yeah. Solopreneurship is a part of entrepreneurship that no one really wants to talk about or claim. Mm -hmm. Everyone wants to claim the title CEO, right? That's that's, that's the thing. Um, But we're all solopreneurs. We are. Yeah. And I just wanted to talk about um, how can you make more money without slaving in your business? That is the whole premise of the book. Yeah. Because um, I see so many people reaching for six figures and man, like they're tired, you know? Um, and how can you do this without feeling like a literal slave to your business? And, and so I'm going to be sharing my thoughts, my perspectives and giving some actionable steps that you can take in your business to, um, you know, reach whatever goal it might be. But specifically, I want to talk to those that are on the journey that I just finished. And the funny thing is, is when I wrote, when I wrote this book originally, when I first started writing it, so I wrote it in full and then I've had to do edits and things like that along the way. Um, I had just made my plan to hit six figures by the end of this year. And I did it in eight months. And so I, I think I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be so good. And just a very different take. Like if y'all haven't followed Tamasha yet, which after this episode, you totally need to. Um, I'll put her handle down in the show notes. But like you don't really post a lot. You don't. I love your like paid over popular approach. Like you are more concerned about making bank while also making sure that all of your offers are like the best possible experience and impact for your clients. And I just think it's so cool that you have built just an insanely successful business off of that, off of like that process. Like I don't, cause you don't have more than 2000 followers. I don't think. Yeah. We just, we just hit 2000 the beginning of this month. Okay. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you don't have like a huge, like popular following and 
I just love that you really focus on getting paid one, <laughs> which makes <laughs> me happy because we need to normalize that. Like making money is not bad. And mm-hmm. two, just like creating the perfect offer. I love that you said that. I'm going to write that down. Like creating a perfect offer, not creating like 20,000. I think that yeah. is so cool. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, and I want to speak to that really quickly if that's yeah, okay. Um, so I'm wildly known for like CEO day. That's really when it like, it took off for me. And I had the idea for CEO day one day I was sitting in my office and I had like, at the time, I think I had three or four different offers that I was working through and, and I had made up my mind. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to kind of go down the one. And then I'll maybe have like an additional one for like, if people want to do more longer term, but I just kind of want to focus on one mm-hmm. and CEO day has become, it was so wildly successful. I'm actually getting ready to revamp it. Um, to fit more of the needs of what people want, um, what's well, already revamped. So, <laughs> but and it it's one of those things where it was the perfect, it was the perfect offer. Yeah, and it was CEO day was three thousand. It went from twenty five hundred thirty five hundred. That was like a de- included done for you, and I know that it was like it was a sticker shock to people. Um, when they first were like, oh, wow, like, it's this. And I'm like, yeah, it's 3,500. Like, that was back when people were only charging, like, four or 5,000 for VIP day. <laughs> and um, and I was like, yeah, this is it. And I tell you no lie, like, creating the perfect offer was the game changer for me. Yeah. And, and, it's a, and it's a part of my business. And I'm forever going to, I only want to create things that are perfect for my people. And the 2,000 people that I have following me, I don't, I don't, I don't attract followers. I attract clients and they might not be clients right away, but they come. And that's the biggest thing for me. It's like, I don't want 10,000 followers. I'd rather have 2000 clients. And I think that's what I have. I have people who are bought into, you know, what I believe and my way of doing business. And they want that for themselves. And I want that for them. Yeah. Ugh, I have chills. That's so cool. I'm so excited to work with you because that's definitely something that's definitely just like everything we've talked about is like what attracted me to you because I would love, you know, my done for you service. I'm so passionate about it. Like I love blowing up, man. We're about to blow it up. I know. <laughs> so excited. I'm so excited. You're, this podcast, you're already late. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm so excited to work with you because that's kind of what I envision with this done for you. I mm. want to make it like the perfect offer. Like it's already pretty, it's already pretty good. I'm going to brag on myself. I've done pretty good, but I'm excited. Just, I know it can definitely be better. And I'm just so excited to like perfect that. And I just love, I love that you focus on that because as a mom, I feel like that's more doable. It's more doable for me to perfect one to three things than it is for me to create four to five new things. Say that again. (laughs) I will. Moms, listen up who are listening because this is important. We have to be so careful about how we build our business because Tamasha, something else I love about you is that you focus heavily on being a wife, being a mom, being a human, and that comes before your business. And if we want to do that, we have to make our businesses work for us. And again, moms, I'm going to say it again. It's so much more easier to create one to three perfect offers than it's going to be building four to five new ones. Absolutely. We don't have time for that. We don't, I don't like, Mm -hmm. 
I don't have time for that at all. <laughs> and I don't yeah. want to take time for it. I might have time for it, honestly, but I don't want to. I'd rather be with Chloe. I'd rather be with my husband watching a TV show in my bubble bath. And I just love, oh my God, I'm just so excited, Tamasha. We're going to have so much fun. Oh gosh. Yeah, we are. It's going to be a totally different. It's going to be so good. I'm so yeah. excited. Well, okay. So I want to ask you, I always love asking everybody before we end, like what you'd love to do for yourself. I know you have like, every time I see your skincare routine, it just like <laughs> blows me away. Can you tell me what you use? Oh man. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so for me, I do, so I do exfoliating and I actually have like, um, I've had this like crazy hormonal imbalance since I was younger. And so like, it's important. Like it didn't, it didn't start affecting my face until like I got a little bit older. Right. Yeah. And so for me, it's really important that like, I do skincare because I need, like I need to, but then also cause like, it just gets me going. I feel like bougie. So um, <laughs> I use exfoliator. So one exfoliator that I use, I use two different ones because I use them like interchangeably. So one is I use from Murad skincare, so exfoliator. And the other I use from European wax center. Um, I just love the way that it does. Yeah. And I exfoliate and then I, <laughs> and then I hydrate and then I use SPF. So I use Murad skincare. Also, I buy um, this um, skin serum from Supple Beauty on Etsy. Love that shop. And um, so, yeah, so Murad, European Wax Centers, um, (laughs) Exfoliator, and then Supple Beauty. Those are the things that I use every day. Awesome. I'm going to yeah. have to look into those. I use a vino, <laughs> but I see, like, I just see you do skincare and it literally inspired me. I'm like, I don't do that. Like I don't have a skincare routine, but that feels kind of nice. So every oh, night I take a bubble bath and then I do my facial routine while I listen to like some like positive affirmations or like people singing mantras at me. It's just so nice. It's, 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 it's so good. Like that's probably one of the best things I love to do. Um, and then outside of that, I'm a foodie. Okay. So like definitely a foodie. I love to cook and I love to eat and I try, I'll try anything once. Really? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to do the whole like crickets and roaches type stuff, like normal things. (laughs) I'll try like alligator or squirrel or something. Oh yeah. So like, I'm very much a country bumpkin. So like I've tried all out of your, out of your wheelhouse. I have deer on my property. Um, deer turkeys is, wild. Mm-hmm. Deer is we we do like the backstrap, like the backstrap of the deer. We make a chicken fried steak. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Yay! Well, Tamasha, this was so much fun. This was such a good talk. I'm so excited for this episode to air because it's just yeah. going to be so good. Um, but yeah, you know, we're all about doing more on this podcast, breaking down the ceilings, taking ourselves out of those stupid boxes done for you providers. We're specifically talking to you in this episode, take yourself out of that pricing box. Um, and just really living in passionate, passionate, impactful lives. I, you know, this, I've like always admired you. I'm not kidding y'all since June, I wrote down in my journal, like I will work with Tamasha. My husband has heard me talk about you like at least once a week <laughs> from yeah. June till the end of September. So yeah. I'm so excited to work for you, work, work with you. I'm, ugh, I'm over the moon and I just appreciate you 
showing up and like sharing what you share. Cause I think it's so important. I think it's a very different perspective on a lot what's said online. And I'm so excited for all my mamas just to go flock to you because you have, I mean, I'm so excited because I feel like you're one of the few coaches that can help people who want to have families, have that family mindset, really see success. So I'm so excited, Tamasha. Please yeah. fill anything you have coming up. Where can everybody follow you? What? And I'll, I'll link everything in the show notes as well. But what do you have coming up that my audience needs to know about? Oh, man. So, of course, we have the book releasing next month. I'm super excited about that. The Six Figure Solopreneur. I definitely want to grab a copy of that. Um, and I think the first 100 copies I'm actually going to be signing. So definitely depending on, I think we're not close to it yet, but so um, the pre-orders are out there. So any pre-orders I'm going to be signing. And then um, we actually have our first course coming out, Systems for Sanity. I'm going to be dropping it on Black Friday, and then it won't come back until 2021. Um, And one other thing that I actually, I actually haven't announced. Oh, this is like, oh, you're about to get the scoop, Tay. I'm so Uh, excited. Yeah. So uh, next year we will be, uh, I'll be hosting my first in-person mastermind retreat here in Florida. Um, it's going to be very small and intimate, handpicking and selecting the women. Um, we actually already have women behind the scenes in it. Um, and so I'm super pumped. So just be on the lookout for that if that's something that you're looking for. This is going to be different than anything that any person has on the market. Um, because not only are we going to be focused on business, but I'm actually going to be able to dive into women and we're going to be building a community and we're going to be talking about what is it like to do business as a woman um and then you personally so personal strategy business strategy two full days with me here lodging and everything um we'll be at a house together and we're just going to get it in and make plans to to dominate not not just as um you know business women but just women in general so super pumped about that it's going to be a new thing see you weekend oh my god that's so exciting I'm yeah. getting FOMO. Can I keep an eye out for it? <laughs> you keep an eye out for it. We already have the dates and everything set. So we have people that are signed up. That's awesome. That's going to be so cool. Yeah. Oh, so <laughs> well, <laughs> well, thank you so much, Tamasha, for being on. Everything that she talked about, y'all, will be in her show notes. Um, I will also put her Instagram handle in there. It's at Tamasha Suber, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So make sure you go give her a follow, go invest in her, give her all your money. She is incredible. (laughs) And thank you so much, Tamasha. I'll talk to you later. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the More Than a Mama podcast. Before you go fold that laundry that's been sitting there since last weekend, I have one more thing for you. My mission is to create content that serves and impacts you. So if you love what you heard today, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, screenshot your review, and tag me on Instagram at morethanamama underscore so I can connect and create content for you, my listeners. Thanks so much for listening and I will see you on the next episode. Don't forget to make waves today. Bye.